this is now two hours, no, an hour and 57 minutes before I leave for the airport, Josh. I don't like this feeling. I don't like this feeling at all. Any bars open? Is the, is the airport? I'm, I'm kidding. I'm I'm joking. I'm well, joking. I ain't gonna yeah, pay the that airport much for an bar is going to be open. Do you know how much? I wouldn't know, Josh. I don't drink the airport bar. It's too expensive. But I'm leaving for Boston. Uh, a portion of tomorrow's show will be live from Army-Navy. Josh, you're going to be out at the casino. That's correct. Riverwind. Can't wait for it. It, I am very envious of you because I love our casino Fridays. I really, truly do. And now that they have the OTB that's up over there, it's kind of cool in the poker room. So you can go check out Josh tomorrow. But, yeah, I get to uh, fly to Boston after the show. And you're hanging out for what, like an hour Hour and 30 minutes. Oh, wow. We, we cranked yes. up a notch. Half the show will be good. Um, and I think Eric Bailey is going to join us. Okay, nice. Er- Eric and I are in quite an, an interesting little text back and forth. Um, I, I'll just and not in a bad way. Eric's one of my best friends, but I had um, I had texted him on Thursday, November thirtieth, and I said, "Hey, man, can we get you on? Wide open, your show." Which I guess was a week ago today. Right? No, two weeks ago today. Week ago? Two anyway. And he said, "No problem. Just I'll get back with you within time." Never heard back from him. Tuesday, I texted him. Like, hey, I know you're busy, bud. We'd love to get you on the show. Never heard back from him. Then on Wednesday night, I guess this would be on last night. Last night, he sent me a text. He's like, Friday work? Sorry, super busy. My bad. So I'm waiting to hear back on Friday for EB. We'll see. And um, there is also a chance that Ben Hartsock. No, 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 not Ben. I'm sorry. Um, Aaron Murray could join us tomorrow. So we'll see how that all pans out. You know who's joining us right now, though, Josh? I do. Gary Cavins. You don't have a headset? All right, I'll get your headset. True, sooner you're on before Gary jumps on here. What's going on, True? How are you? Oh, man, how's it going? Um, So don't worry about that 200,000-pound hunk of steel up there in the sky. Breaking every single law of gravity in a pressurized capsule. Yes, come on, man. I've seen enough datelines. Why you got to do that to him? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> just don't worry about it hey uh i got a question for you chris this stuff with the uh the transfer portal i mean it's interesting and it's fun to follow and it it, it obviously extends the college football season the year round and all that kind of stuff but are we are we headed toward kind of like ba- ncaa basketball is with the one and done to where it's it, you think it's is it getting too watered down to where i feel like a lot of times these basketball teams in the NCAA we follow, we're just kind of like, now, now who do we have this year? I mean, I, I mean, we, we don't have anybody left over from. It just, do you think there's a there's a possibility that we're heading for that of this sport getting watered down so much that it takes a lot of the interest away, or do you think that's that's not possible? I I, I think with the massive numbers, well, not massive, with the amount of people you need on a football team, I don't know if we'll ever get to that point. Now, at certain positions. Oh, absolutely, right? I mean, you a quarterback, um, wide receiver, uh, running back, heck, may, I mean, not a lot of people, unfortunately, know the offensive lineman. Uh, a big, I mean, sure, I think with individuals, but I think to where you're like, now, wait a minute, who's our starting five and where did this guy come from? I don't know if we'll ever quite get to that point in football. 
I hope not. Right, right. And the sheer numbers of how many guys you're able to go get in the portal to replace dudes is kind of fast. You know, it, it kind of would help work against that, I would hope. Okay. Well, I was going to tell you one more thing, and I'll let you go. So I was talking to Josh a few minutes ago, and we were talking, trying to plan a a trip to the Thunder Thunderdome, which I know you don't talk about on here, but we're, we're we're trying to plan a trip to the Thunderdome. And he told me he couldn't go next week because he he didn't want to make his girlfriend mad because it's the day before he leaves. And I told him, I said, I gave him this advice. I said, it won't be the last time you make her mad, and it won't, it won't be the first time, and it won't be the last time you make her mad. Am I See, right I- about that or not? Uh, okay, well, we appreciate the phone call. Let's bring in Gary right, we'll Cavins uh, for a little bit of relationship expert advice. Okay, this is a good point. Good morning, Gary. How are you, man? <laughs> good morning. You didn't, you didn't know what you I didn't know what we were walking into Step, either. For stepped into a, a right. storm here. I think it's a fair point. So Josh is going to New York next week. He's going on vacation. If I'm understanding this scenario right, True has brought up the, the, the idea or the thought of going to the Thunder game on what, like Sunday before you go? That's right. It would it'd be, I think, on Monday night. Uh, oh, Monday night? Okay. And it's a long trip, right? You're going to be gone. You're, you're packing quite a bit. How early are you leaving? We, we need details here. How early is the oh, flight I mean, out? F- first thing, Tuesday morning. Oof. Um, now, Gary and I, I've been married 15 years. How long have you and Jessica been married? 20? Uh, we've been, uh, <laughs> not quite. No, uh, We've been married twelve years. Twelve years, right? I try to, I try to, I, I try to make you much older. Well, look, there's, Uh-oh. there's the relationship expert. <laughs> if, if Josh is leaving on an early flight Tuesday morning, is he pushing it and making things problematic for his girlfriend and his travel partner in this trip to go to a Thunder game the night before? Mm, Jess is thinking about it. Oh, right, that face that face. I, I already said. It ain't happening. Yeah, Josh is. He's just oh, trying said, to lay. She the, going to the game too? No, she's not going to the game. He would go with a friend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, like, yeah, let her, let her take as, care of. As, as, <laughs> as long as I'm not in a lousy mood the next day, I think it's all good. <laughs> she's. Uh, so, would you risk it? I don't think I would risk it. I think I would stay back too. Would you go to the game? Now, hold on. Where are the seats? That's another question. <laughs> Well, that's it's, another question altogether, too. If that's Gabe's calling, consider that. <laughs> yeah. If Gabe's calling and it's courtside seats, I'm going to be like, oh, you're going to be on your own to pack. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but Wait, you, she's going on vacation with you? Yes, that's that's. The... Well, then go to the game. I think we solved it. I, I, I got to go. <laughs> I mean, because you're going to be with her. That's right, for the whole week. Has yeah. she, has she la- have you laid out the scenario to her at all? Are you yeah. just um, – so I know now if I bring up certain things, it's just not going to happen, and it's going to cause more pain to bring it up. Well, and let's let's be honest here. you got to lay the groundwork up That's front. Right. If you don't lay the groundwork up front and you spring it on them, then they're going to be mad. But if you kind of just gradually weird right, into right, exactly. it over a period of time, then I've, it's okay. I've got a new trick that has surprisingly worked out pretty well, and I don't think you can use this, Josh. I've become the – I told you about this. We talked about this. We talked about this like two weeks ago. Because my wife can't remember anything from like a day ago. So, and I'll, and I might even go back and walk. We got a calendar and I'll go write it on the calendar. I'm like, look, I wrote this on the, it's been there for two weeks. Oh, I, no. Very cynical, right? But I mean, it's usually when I forget I have a shift or when I forget I have a, a remote. I'm like, babe, I told you about this but, like but two you weeks really, ago. You really have had yet? it written on the calendar or you write it later? What I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll challenge, I'll maybe slip around because I know that I haven't said anything about it. This is a terrible, oh, right? Oh, and so no. I'll go and I'll write it on the calendar 
And then I'll bring up the, oh, hey, don't forget I have this tomorrow night. And then it'll be like, did we talk about this? And I'm like, it's on the calendar. So, so maybe you try that, Josh. So I kind of do that, too. There you go. Jess so might be I'll listening. have Lindsay, my assistant, <laughs> right. my training. So I have a training in Waco the first of the year for right. mold training. And uh, I, sl- I had Lindsay slide it in there. And I always have Lindsay add Jessica onto the attachment when I'm going to be gone out of state. And then Jessica's like, uh, what's this appointment in the calendar that you're going to be gone for a few days? I told you. I'm learning about mold. All right. Well, I hope we solved your problem there, Josh. I don't know if we gave you an answer or not. But I think I know what he- he's smart, though. He knows there's going to be stress of packing. First major trip they've taken together. So why add to the, the pressure of it? Yeah, it just needs to pre-pack so she doesn't have to pack. That's right. Don't do like I did, which is pack the night before the trip, and so then you're running around imagining all the things that you could possibly forget. Exactly. Who knew that Cajun, uh, Caven's Emergency Response Group could also bring relationship advice like this? It's amazing what you get on a daily basis here. Hey, now, I can deal with stress of fire, <laughs> water, mold, storm damage, and crime scene, but don't put relationship <laughs> Yeah, exactly. On the- I, know, I know we can't talk about all the the specifics of it and i know your crew has been working around the clock um so i've said when the city of norman needed something done with mold they turned to cavens and i think that shows you the commitment you guys have to community and how trusted it is but it shows you even in new construction relatively new construction gary you've got to be prepared for this as a possibility which is why you've started these new services for new builds, for even places where you're moving into that can help identify where you could have mold issues. 100%, Chris. You know, one of the big things that we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of mold in new built buildings. And, you know, it can be prevented um, easily by just, you know, having an inspection before the walls are closed up, um, making sure that, you know, the first sign of water that's intruding in the property that you make a phone call and um, get that water intrusion resolved quickly. Um, because you get water, you get humidity, you get a cellulose product, sheetrock backing, uh, wood, um, insulation backing, any of that kind of stuff. It's just going to start growing. and It's going to grow, grow, grow. And we want to prevent it. If we can catch it on the front end and stop it from happening, that's better for everybody involved. That's why we have our, um, you know, our uh, constructions, our mold uh, inspections on the front end before you know before you close up your walls uh, put in sheetrock and insulation and all that uh, once the building is watertight you basically come have us come in do a inspection uh, make sure everything's squared away if there are any issues we can address them they are way cheaper way cheaper on the front end to deal with it that way um, and it, it really solves a lot of problems long term but the other problem too is just you know even on any kind of building, any age building, if you have a water intrusion issue, have it looked at. Um, don't let it just sit there and, and fester because it will become an issue, uh, a big issue underlying. Mm. I was, um, I think we, we talked about this last week, but my, my best friend in Tulsa, Robbie, and his family had a, a mold issue. And I, again, I... I know that he was working through it, and I didn't hadn't really thought about it. And then we went to drop something out off at his house the other day, and the whole driveway was like a part of his house. <laughs> you know, it's like there is there's a wall, there's this. I mean, the amount of work it's a complete rebuild. And I think 
you know, and, they, and there might be a slight water leak that you don't know about, and that's what it can lead to. That's why you've got to be very diligent at even the slightest sign. Not to say that Robbie ignored it or anything because it was an area behind his fridge, right? Yes. Um, so, Robbie, I'm not saying anything negative. But it's just it's wild to think of how much damage it can do from the smallest amount of water intrusion. A hundred percent. And it's one of those things where, you know, um, water is an amazing element. It can do a lot of damage and cause a lot of damage. Uh, but then you mix it in with uh, several other things in the environment, and then you create mold, and you got a bigger problem. And, um, you know, we're really good at what we do uh, when it comes to mold. We're really good at investigating it, and um, we're really good, really good at the water intrusion investigations, and we're really good at getting it removed, too. So if you have a mold issue and you're in the state of Oklahoma, give the Cavens team a call. But we're also moving into colder weather we're getting some freezing temperatures overnight and stuff like that so if you ever have a water emergency a pipe mm-hmm. break or a sewage backup that's flooded the your property um the cavens team's on standby for that too we've dealt with the several sewage backups lately 24 7 365 um you mentioned this is kind of water intrusion season that we're getting into now it's unseasonably warm right now but mother nature is going to give us a right hook at some point i don't know if it's going to be next week or regardless but we're getting towards that season aren't we we are we are getting close um and you know when when we when we do we have teams on standby 24 7 um you know it's just important that remember that when it's freezing pipes break and you know, the faster we can get there and get the water shut off and get that water extracted back out, the less property damage you're going to have. And you're going to need somebody to help walk you through that process and help walk you through um, talking with the insurance companies and um, getting getting you getting you back open as quickly as possible. Um, it was, it was I was one of my buddies that texted and talked about where where he is. There had been years of just undiagnosed water intrusion issues. And that's, I mean, that could be going on in your home that you don't know about. That could be going on in your business that you don't know about. The, the, the dangers are not just there to the property, but, Gary, we've talked about it. Those mold issues, those are health issues, too, for your family and for people that are working in there as well. What's kind of been, that, as you've learned more, it's just getting it out, right? You, you just got to clean it out so it doesn't return. That's right. It's got to be cleaned out properly. It's not something you can just go spray bleach on and it's going to disappear. It may bleach the color of the mold, but the mold doesn't disappear. It's still there. It's still staying, and it's going to come back. I can't count how many times I've had property owners call me, and they're like, hey, I, t- I bleached this, this wall, or I, I scrubbed down this wall and cleaned it, and the mold just kept coming back, kept coming back. Well, that's not how it works with removing mold. There's a process in place. We don't have time to get into all of it. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, we're, we spend a lot of time training and developing so that we can remove it and remove it properly. But there's two things that have to happen. One, you have to stop the water intrusion. And two, you have to stop. You have to completely and totally get the mold out of there. And you got to get it out there without spreading spores and everything throughout the property, too. That's another thing that happens a lot that we see, too. We um, we get called in a lot to clean up after other people and other companies. you got a uh, solid web presence where you can learn everything about what Gary's about and this company at cavensgroup.com. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just simply search Cavens Group. And 
you know, keep that emergency contact stored in your phone, 405-573-3048. Anything I'm leaving out? Yeah, I remember that we're local. We give back to community. Um, we gave back to the Norman High baseball team uh, the other day, United Way the other day. Um, so first responders, we give back several to them. Uh, we're always giving back, and it's really important to Cavens. It's in our DNA to give back to the community. Um, you know, and it, you know when you use us, you know, I was reading an article the other day that somebody put out, and I don't remember the exact terms of it. I've kind of been sick a little bit this week. But um, basically it said, you know, you spend money with a national company, then all that money, majority of all that money is going to their headquarters, wherever that headquarters mm. is. Uh, you know, you spend money with a local company, it's going back into your community. And there's so much truth to that. You know, when you use a national chain uh uh, restoration remediation it's going back to their corporate office and a lot of the national chains they are franchises but they're not owned locally here in oklahoma cavens is owned locally me and jessica are from oklahoma and we're always giving back to oklahoma we saw it here last week gave back to the united way gary and constantly uh constantly reinvesting in the community all right man i appreciate it right, have a great rest so of your day hope you get well too gary. it's gary cavens cavensgroup.com take a break We'll get to your text next on the ref. Sorry, did I did I throw a curveball trying to go to break so quick there, Josh? No, it's okay. uh, it's all good. Man. I had uh, every component loaded up except for you know an important one, which is uh, a promo. Congratulations to Caitlin Milligan, who earned her LPGA card. How about that, former uh, Norman North golfer? I. I don't do you know before I tweet this. Right? Former Sooner, former Timberwolf. Oh yeah, I I've got an article in that I wrote for Boyd Street. It was one of the first articles I think I wrote for Boyd Street. You good? Oh, okay, sorry. I thought I got in trouble with Gary. He was giving me a look. I was like, <laughs> Are you what good, I do? Gary? Is Did I good? say something bad? Yeah. So Caitlin Milligan, who was a golfer at Boyd Street, or who was a golfer at Norman North in Oklahoma, wrote about her for Boyd Street, twenty nineteen. Is that the same issue that you've got hung on the wall here? Is that what it is? No, it's not, is it? There, Really? Oh, so they know the military. She's going to the LPGA? That's awesome news. But here's my question is, do we like actually have links? Because I just took a screenshot, and I don't want anyone to get in trouble. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get in trouble with anyone. I don't want uh, Tyler to call me like, you know, you could have linked this story to the website instead of just taking a screenshot. I mean, we're going back like four years for this article. So uh, I'm dotting I's and crossing T's, Mark Desher, is what I'm asking at OU Photo Guy. But congratulations to Caitlin. That's awesome news. Um, your choice, Josh. Dealer's choice. Um, do you want to hit some of these text messages? Or do you want to dive back into the nuts and bolts of what the portal situation currently looks like for the Sooners, especially now with the news that Danny Stutzman appears to be turning pro? Well, I, I want to do both, but let's, okay. let's talk to the people initially, shall First we? of all, J.P. Sooner, LPGA is not the Liquid Propane Gas Association, okay? <laughs> Which I don't know if that's a real thing, but it really, really made me laugh. So well done. Well done on your part. Um, you've got a lot of advice here on the game. You want, you want that quickly? Sure. Why, we... why don't you rip through them for me? Uh, here's one from the 580. Absolutely go to the game, Josh. If he was on a trip for a week without her, then don't go. I think that's that makes sense. That's fair. 
Um, Ten years into a marriage, Josh's answer about the Thunder game will change, I promise you. <laughs> then I'm going to the game, huh? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to the game. <laughs> uh, and then to a couple of these uh, texts here on the decision. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I talk a big game, right? If it was the night before a trip and we're going super early, there's no way I'm going to that game. There is no way that I'm going to that game. I can talk a big game, but when it comes down to it, uh, even if they were courtside seats, Josh, I would not be going to that game. <laughs> I could hear it right now. You're telling me we're going on a trip, we're leaving this house at 5 a.m., and you think it's okay for you to go to a basketball game when you're not going to get home till 10 o'clock? <laughs> exactly. You think that's okay? I can hear the well, conversation right now. And we've now. got this whole situation, too, where, you know, we're going to have to – I think we'll probably have to wake up earlier because we have to take our two cats over to – you know, my old house, uh, my brother's house. And so there's a whole set of circumstances involved in this. See, I would offer to bring them to my house, but then there's a good chance my dogs would eat them. So you don't want that. And (laughs) we got one cat that'll be great. I mean, we we could take him to planet Mars and he'd be great, but the other cat's scared. It's going to be a very tenuous situation for a week. Do we know when, uh, do we know what the fill-in situation for you looks like next week? I mean, I would imagine it, it will be Connor. Okay, we get a week of Connor Pasby. Let's go. Uh, this is an interesting take from Vinnie Paul, Josh, and I want to get your perspective Can on it. Can you Chevrolet text line? 405-651-3439. Within the University of Oklahoma football program, Something has got to change, though. We can't keep losing guys to the NFL draft when they get a fourth-round projection. I'm going to read to you something. In Honolulu Sooner, I promise you, this is a, this is a bigger name off the super-secret Textoso line. This isn't just one of my buddies. Um. There has been, and I'm going to read verbatim, and I don't think this person, as long as I keep them anonymous, would mind me saying. There's been more players coaches have told should stay. They decided to leave, and they ended up making a roster and playing. Once that first player in the locker room did that, every player remembers that when it's their turn to make a decision. Way, way more players have done that than come back and improve their stock. It is what it is. So, in other words, let me um, – Who's a, there's a lot of good examples of that, right? Tony Jefferson left early, went undrafted, had a solid NFL career, right? Solid NFL career. I. Uh, where, where did where did Stills go? Was Stills a third-round pick whenever he left early? I want to say Kenny might have even been a fourth-round pick. Hold on here. I'm pulling it up right now as we speak. Yeah, Kenny was a fifth-round pick, right? Had another year of eligibility. They were saying, you you might be primed for a big year in 2013, man, if you come back. He turned pro. Probably should have come back. But guess what? He got drafted in the fifth round, and uh, he has had a solid career. He's played, uh, he was with the Saints, the Dolphins, and then his final two years with the Texans, right? I mean, he he had a good career. Um, That's wild to think that he was a fifth-round pick. Right? All right let, let's give a couple more recent then. 
you might say, well, what do they have to do with with Danny Stutzman? All right. Nick Benito. Nick Benito actually left early. A little bit of a better spot, right? He was a second-round pick, but it was it was late in the second round. So I'm just here to tell you right now that Nick Benito is a great example of – he's not the best example of that, but it is also one of those situations that maybe if he had come back another year, he would have he would have been able to improve his stock. Um, but he's he's wound up in a good situation exactly. for himself in Denver and has been productive. Perion Winfrey, I don't know if that's a great example, right? Um, because I don't. I mean, I think they wanted him to come back, but whenever he's like, "Hey, I'm turning pro," I think it was like, "Hey, good, good, good luck. Go, go do that." Isaiah Thomas might be a great example, right? So you see these guys that maybe don't necessarily go in the first round, but they go in the fourth round and they make a roster, and it's like, I can do that. So it's a fair point, Vinny Paul, but I don't know how you stop it. All right, we got a break. When we come back, we got more of your text messages. But Jenny Baranchek, OU women's basketball coach, is going to join us next right here on The Ref. All right, it's a plank show. Uh, we are pumped to hit up the Riverwind Casino jackpot line and say hello to the head women's basketball coach of the University of Oklahoma. Jenny Baranchek joins us. A big game coming up this weekend against UNLV. Good morning, Coach. How's uh How's the week been for you post-Thanksgiving, post-holiday? You know, we're doing okay. How about you? Excited for a big game on Saturday. But, you know, before we even get into that, you know, ironically, we're playing UNLV. And how about yesterday on campus? And unfortunately, you know, we know that their whole team was safe and we were able to check in on them. But, you know, it's just such an unfortunate incident that is becoming way too common, which is really sad. But um just wanted to make sure we were able to talk about that before we just kind of dove into it. Yeah. No, I, and, and I think that's really amazing of you and your staff to have reached out to make sure everyone was okay. And I, I think it'd be cool of a show of a support, not just to be there to say, you know, go Sooners, have a great game on Saturday, but also to support the UNLV Rebels who on this day, and if you missed it, there was a, a tragic shooting on campus yesterday at UNLV. Um, just, you know, like you said, we hear about these stories too many times and, you know, I, I don't know if there's really any way to say it, Coach, but in a lot of times sports can be the great escape, right, to where you are able to immerse yourself in an event mm-hmm. and as a fan or even as a participant, and it kind of uh, it allows you that escape for a while from tragic situations like that. You know what? You're so right, and it also helps you just honor, you know, mm. honor people on another level as well. You get to pray for people, I mean, whether it's in this situation whether it's, you know, even just a breast cancer awareness or mental health awareness, those kinds of things, you know, you get to honor people, you get to play for people. It's it's an incredible platform when we utilize it in that way. And I think that's also, you know, sometimes we forget, especially mm-hmm. in collegiate athletics, that you're playing for your community. Yep, you're not absolutely. just playing to win games. You're not just playing to win championships. But you're you're playing for, for the people around you. And I think... Sometimes, you know, these these examples, they're terrible examples, and yet at the same time it allows us to rethink and reprioritize what it is that we're doing. Perfectly, beautifully said. Uh, Coach, this is a unique stretch in the calendar. You come off the, the trip to Fort Myers, and then you don't play for six days. Uh, play well, beating up on a Grambling, and now this is your first game in eight days. That after after playing back to back nights and playing 
what, like three games in the span of, of four or five days. Now this is just your second game in, in a little over ten days. What's that adjustment like? And I guess in some ways it's probably good for the, the, the girls as we prepare for, what, finals and things of that nature? You know, it's really nice for coaches that we get that <laughs> extra practice time, right? And we get to do a lot of extra conditioning and extra weightlifting. Um, but, no, you're right. And right now is is a really unique time, and especially – as coaches, we're reminded that they're student-athletes first because you do. You have a lot of final projects. You have finals coming up. Uh, you watch them really manage the true, you know, the true element of being a student-athlete. And, uh, you know, again, with the way that the world is working, especially with the way that Division One athletics is right now, we kind of forget that. We're kind of thinking that it's professional sport model when the reality is, is they're still going to school every day and they're still, you know, working on papers and – they're working on projects and they're working on studying for finals. And so, you know, for us, we kind of get to see all of that. And, um, you know, so that part is a unique time, but I can promise you that even through all of that, our players would rather be playing games than coming to practice. <laughs> so we will be really excited to play on Saturday. Yeah. I, uh, I can imagine it reaches this point where they're like, Oh, oh okay. Enough practice. But I think that that leads to a question, right? And, you you brought up when I, I wrote the preview for Boyd Street and and I and we talked to you uh, I think it was about a month ago and everyone, oh the you're losing three foundational pieces and I loved what you said because it's like listen my mind is so focused on the here and now on this team it's like they, it hasn't even factored that those three aren't there you know and I'm just curious have you seen the, a, a work ethic in this group in other words do they enjoy practice are they students of the game are you seeing them immersing themselves in the things you want them to immerse themselves in away from the actual game day? You know, great question, because I think every team, you know, regardless of whether you have people returning, you have experience, you have no experience, wherever you're at, you know, every team is different and, and they propose new challenges. And that's the best part about coaching and their strengths. You know, they all have unique strengths right, that are maybe, quote-unquote, better than they were the year before, right? So as much as we try to focus on getting better constantly, we have to also focus on really what we're really good at. I think this team is one that is. You know, they like to really watch the game. They like studying the game. They've, you know, and unfortunately we've had some injury, um, but it's been really interesting to even see some of the people that have been out in how they then see the game in a different light to be able to then, to then coach each other. I think this group is really one that learns a lot from each other and they coach each other up every day. That's something I think that's really unique. Are we there yet? No, we're still trying to learn our own kind of tendencies to really start to play to each other's strengths. But you can really start to see some things emerge with this group. And, and again, we got to take care of the ball. We got to stop battling. We got to do, you know, a lot of those little things. However, at the same time, it's been really fun to watch this team grow. With that in mind, Coach, has there been any part of this group that surprised you? Anyone that maybe I don't. It's not like you go into anything. Yeah, she's not going to play, uh, and then all of a sudden they play. But has there been anything maybe in their their prep, maybe in their uh, commitment to defense, maybe in their three point shooting? Has there been anything that's kind of really taken you back in a good way about this team? Well, I like the balance of the team, and we've had multiple people really step up or be a leading scorer, right? Or you know, lead our, lead our stack column in assists or rebounding. And so you got you get to really see that. 
I feel like our versatility has really kind of taken another level as well. And so we're starting to see a lot of people that can either put the ball on the floor, can shoot it, can score their back to the basket, um, you know, offensive rebounding. I mean, there's just a lot of opportunity in terms of minutes played. So we're getting a lot of that game experience. When you have a team that is, you know, we did, we graduated so much in terms of experience and obviously losing Liz Scott with, with an injury, uh, you know, you're, you're replacing a lot of minutes with either youth or players that have come in uh, from a transfer portal, right? And so they're still learning a new, a new style and a new system. So I like the way that we're really trying to play to each other's strengths. And then our growth areas are really, you know, we've got to be able to bring it every day, and we've got to be better receivers. You know, sometimes, you know, we're going to pass it. We've got to be able to catch it a little bit better. So I think those are some areas. Our rebounding is going to be, you know, a continued area to focus on. Um, and our length is better. Our interior size isn't. So we have some size on the inside in terms of length, but we don't have like a six-five post player that's just sitting in the paint. Mm-hmm. We've got to find we've got to find versatile ways. And I think that's what this team. I mean, you can still see. I knew it's going to take the whole non-conference, even from a rotation standpoint. But we're playing 11 people every game. So we're still trying to really solidify that rotation. How's, uh, how's Sahara come along? How do you feel about the freshman and the impact she's made? She's fun to watch, I, I'll say that much. You know what? She has, and this is what we've talked about for so long, she has these moments where you're like, wow, she's only a freshman. And then you have moments where you're like, oh, yeah, she's a freshman, right? And <laughs> I love I love her. I love the, the intangibles that she brings. She brings a competitiveness. Right. She brings a mindset. She brings an everyday, you know, an everyday level of work. That's what she does. And then the things that she'll continue to get better at. Obviously, we've seen her rebound the basketball really well. We've seen some of her athleticism um, and just understanding and getting really comfortable from the outside, from a three point shooting standpoint. Her stroke is really good. It'll go in. Um, so I think she can really stretch the floor. I think she's kind of finding, okay, am I inside, am I outside, when to go inside, when to go outside. Uh, so she's really starting to hone in on where her strengths are in relation to everybody else. So sometimes, you know, a player comes in, especially when we're making a lot of reads, a player like her, you know, who is physical, wants to be in the paint. But when you're in there with two other people that want to be in the paint, then maybe that's a time where you've got to step outside. So those are the things you're starting to really see her almost process still while want, wanting to keep that usefulness of just play hard every possession. Because when she does that, she takes our team to a whole different level. And you you told us whenever we were talking to keep an eye on the transfers, and I I mean, it, it's it's been awesome. I, you know, I even like seeing uh, Aubrey Jones now in year two and how she just seems more comfortable. But with, like, the Lex Keys of the world, I mean – you have so little time with them in the preseason, right? Is it something to where it's, like you said, you need more time to truly see how, how good they can be? It just seems with Lexi, things have clicked right away. Well, I love, I mean, I just love how hard she plays. And she's one that I don't even think she's scratched the surface. We've seen some games where she's really let it fly. She can shoot the ball. I know, you know, she does a great job uh, defensively. She does a really nice job. Um, I'm really excited to see her. You know, she's trying to figure out the offense a little bit, and you can see, you know, she'll cut because she thinks she's supposed to cut. There's a difference of cutting to score, of knowing when to stretch it out, and you can start to see her really understand 
when to do what she needs to be able to do. But, man, she brings another element, especially in the fast break setting, because she is so fast and she can really shoot the ball. And we've got to actually get her a little bit more, um, you know, three-point shot attempts, I think, in games. Because, you know, we played at Virginia, and, man, she was so good, especially in the first half where she just let that thing fly. And then she hit some big shots at the very end of the game. That's the kind of element that, you know, I mean, again, it's a different style. It's a different system. And so she's played for three different coaches already in college, you know. And so when you have that, just trying to learn um, what she does is she brings that blue-collar mentality. And then we've got to get her that little bit of an edge, too. I love. I like watching her. All right, Coach, before we let you get out of here, I mean, because I, I could sit here and ask about your roster and, and talk about your coaching because I love watching you coach all day long. And I know you have practice and other responsibilities. Takes to the importance of a great crowd, a difference-making crowd, um, good energy. It's a good start time, 2 o'clock. I even saw that there are some opportunities uh, through Soonersports.com to get free tickets that would include complimentary beers and beverages. So it are $2 beers and beverages, I think. Uh, kind of give me your, your perspective on just how much of a difference that crowd can make and how necessary it is this Saturday at 2 o'clock. You know, having a home court advantage is so essential, and we know that. I mean, we do that in so many of our sports here, and we take so much pride in that and you know, UNLV is such a good basketball team. They're you know, receiving votes in the top 25. They've got a tremendous team that also likes to get up and down. They score a lot of points. So it's going to be a fun game. And, again, it's our annual teddy bear toss, too. So bring mm. your teddy bear, throw it on the court. You know, it's fun for us to be able to, again, play for a bigger cause. A lot of kids at Christmas, this is what we're looking for. So we want to be able to provide some opportunities and some gifts for families that need it. So just really excited for us to be able to get down, get out there, um, and, and just play for our community. So we hope our community's here. You're awesome. Coach, sorry I was a little bit late calling you, no, but I always appreciate, <laughs> appreciate your time. Thank you so much. No, thank you, you, Coach. So much. Have a great See, day. See everybody on Saturday. Boomer. All right. Sooner. That's head coach Jenny Baranchak. All right, let's get a break. When we come back, uh, re- 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock on Saturday, it's going to be a great day. Teddy Bear Toss, get out. UNLV coming in. Obviously, that that program has been through a lot with what happened on their campus yesterday. Let's get out and show our support for OU women's basketball. We'll hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line when we come back right here on The Ref. Wrapping up hour number two. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Chris Plank. Hour number two presented to us by Allison Insurance. Give Bob and Robert Allison and the crew a call. Number to call, 405-745-2968, online, allisoninsurance.com. They've been uh, finding the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance for 60 years. To the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line we go, 405-651-3439. Adam from Austin, Texas. Till I hear it from him, I still think Stutzman's coming back. Oh, so... So he's not buying the report. Not buying it. Would be the best prank ever. And if anyone was going to get a story brewing about how he was going to leave, knowing on three and rivals are racing to be first to report, since his pod comes out today, would be a brilliant move to obtain views. When I hear from Danny, I'll believe it and wish him the best. Huh? I ain't thought about that. I would uh, prepare for your gun here today. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I love your theory, man. <laughs> I love the way you put that together. But that would be that would be the ultimate ruse, right? That would be pretty cool. I just I think you better prepare yourself for a little bit of disappointment. Nine one eight Nate. 
hopefully Danny and DG don't play in the bowl game. I want these young Bulls to get all the reps they can. That That is a – I think Brent Venables expects his guys to play through the bowl game. I, I That's what I – based on my one year of experience in covering him as a head coach, and then you go back and kind of look at – and in fairness, I mean, it wasn't like Clemson was playing a lot of trash bowl games whenever he was their head coach. It was mostly, you know, playoffs or – a New Year's Day six bowl. So there wasn't too much of, hey, you're going to stick around and play even though you're turning pro. But I, uh, I, I, Nate, I don't necessarily want to say that I disagree with you, but I don't know how the head coach feels about that. Does he look at it as we need you to go out and finish what you've started as a member of this team? Or maybe has that been something over time where it's, all right, you're right. We need to start preparing for 2024 and beyond. I don't know. Texas, Washington, Michigan. They all have leaders who could have gone to the NFL but came back to do something big. That's what we need, especially for next year. Brutal if they leave. Huh. Yeah. But Dylan Gabriel was going to be gone regardless. And I love Dylan Gabriel. But if I'm having to choose 2024 and it's either Dylan Gabriel or Jackson Arnold, then I'm going to go with hoping that this dude is that dude in Jackson Arnold. It's a fair point, though. Really good stuff. we got to keep rolling on the text line, but we got our top five stories today coming up next from Cavens right here on The Ref.